The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, their respective managements or employees. I love that more. I love that more every time I see it. I, uh, you know, I do this for a living, but I watched that about a hundred times when I finished it, and I said, "Yeah, that'll do, pig. That'll do. That'll do. That'll do." Gave myself, gave myself a little biscuit. Good. It's okay. Lee George Cade responsible for that. Good job, Yay. sir. Lee George Cade, everybody. And yes, that is my gag BYU coffee mug. <laughs> what uh, What have you What have you been working on this week, Mr. Cade? Oh my gosh! Uh, so you got some game a, stuff happening. Don't you? Game stuff, yeah. We're working on uh, getting an, an actual, um, fully enacted role playing game going. I'm also uh, subjecting myself to catching up on 22 years of Uncanny X Men. Which I saw that been... post. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing a post every day because I'm going year by year. Um, went through the uh, Chuck Austin phase, which I actually kind of enjoyed, although a lot of people hated the Draco and what it did to Nightcrawler. I thought it was cool to take chances. And then you get right back to old man Chris Claremont and his old-timey oh. uh, soap opera theater with the X-Mans. Oh. oh, what old guy's attracted to a teenager this week? I don't know. I'm Chris Claremont. Let's find out. So, <laughs> And so you caught up on all that? <laughs> yeah, so now I'm, I'm just trying to bulldoze into 2006 and see what kind of other... That dude... He's just like, well, okay, here I am. I'm back on the gate, on the X-Men. What am I going to write about this time? Oh, I know. Let's put them all in negligees. Get the Hellfire Club back. So I'm Chris Claremont. I only do four things. I'm going to tell you right now, that guy's a very lonely man. I'll tell you right now, he was a great writer in the 1980s. Now, I, remember that story about me and Brian Young oh, yeah, yeah, interviewing yeah, yeah. him? Yeah. And he wouldn't let us go. No. <laughs> we were he just wanted... Like, he just wanted to talk, huh? Yeah, we're just like, the, like, like Brian was finally. He looks at me. I had like a digital recorder, you know. And he's like, mm. "It's dead. It's dead. <laughs> it stopped working. He stopped working seven hours ago. He's still yeah. talking." So uh, that's yeah, that's my thing. We've got some big announcements coming up. Um, Atomic Mass Games. I'll talk about this later. But Atomic Mass Games, people behind Marvel Crisis Protocol, they've oh. uh, they've been sending me stuff for a secret project that I can't talk about yet. So nice. Uh, All right. I'll let you know as soon as we're cleared by Action Lawyer. <laughs> Any uh, secret projects for Rebecca Frost, everybody? Rebecca Frost. Uh, yeah, actually, I finished season two of Agent Carter last night, and let me tell you, the show is not very good. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. Uh, it was, Carter? Yeah, oh. no, it was good in 2016, I guess. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> watching it you and, you and You and Sarah have been catching up on that. And, and Kat Whitaker. Oh, and Kat, too? For, for a very special project that, that we've been talk working about? on. That I can't oh, talk oh, about. Okay. Um, but yeah, I watched all of Agent Carter and the one shot. And big yikes. Not, I, not very good. <laughs> No, but I just like looking at her though. So I uh, yeah, yeah. No, she's she's great. Just she's fabulous. Uh, which man is she gonna choose? You yeah, know? thanks. Well, they won't they? That's such a pearl mutter thing. 
felt like. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, I like my Agent Carter that's uh, Captain Britain. That's, oh, that's... sorry. I have a correction. I have a correction. We've been corrected. It's uh, Daddy Action Lawyer. Daddy Action Lawyer. He oh, added okay. the action. I just called him Lawyer Daddy, no, I, and then he I, has I, just I, added, I added the word I added action. the action. That's my fault. That's right. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and he is Daddy in Action Doorman. He is Duh. Shannon Barnes. <laughs> you know, who would have thunk? Oh. You know? <laughs> um... Yeah, no, it's ah, God. That's uh, Main Street is just something else, and it's a uh, my my game I was playing all night is hipster or homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to Seattle, whatever you, you do. know. Yeah, yeah. I used to uh, I used to play that game at my restaurant. Um, yeah. <laughs> if they so, if they ran out of the door without paying, it was most likely a hipster. <laughs> Stay um, out of Portland. Antis. <laughs> I am I am uh, working in a bar. Uh, I am working at a bar again. Uh, I will tell what bar eventually when I uh, don't look like a scared old person uh, <laughs> at the door. Um, trying to do more than you know three things. Um, I'm also making my uh, please come to Liquid Joe's Thursday this this Thursday the 18th. If you're oh yeah, your your wrestling thing. Yeah, I'm making my debut as the uh, the heel commentator at, at uh, bar fights at Liquid Joe's. It's like Ted. When he says heel, he's talking shoes. So make sure you wear you something know, uh, with like a nice wedged, wedged heel. Um. As a woman, my ears are perked. <laughs> and, now you have my attention. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, I think the show starts at eight. It's just fun, and I've been talking to some of the guys involved, and we're gonna. I think we're going to be kicking that up a notch. So uh, come check it out. It's just ridiculous fun. We all need more fun. I've really just decided that. Frivolity. Frivolity. Jocularity. <laughs> so uh, what are you up to uh, there, uh, Daddy Jackson? Yeah, Daddy Jackson. My life consists Radio of nothing but, nothing but meetings. That's all my life consists of. Oh, oh Carrie, we should have a meeting and talk about our meetings. Let's talk about it. Let's meet, and we'll yeah. meet... And talk about the meeting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm busy. Uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10, x96.com. And uh, yeah. Uh, all of our social medias. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Geek Show for uh, reasonably breaking news. Mm -hmm. And uh, our Facebook page, of course, as well. Mm -hmm. It's important to follow us all because mm -hmm. things are happening. Oh, I yes. can't get the specifics. I'm hearing, I'm hearing and people are saying. People are hearing and I'm Secret saying. Secret projects that we cannot talk about yet, yeah. but could yeah, at any time. Don't worry, Merrick Garland's going to come out and say, "You guys, calm down." Oh no, that's that's like that was as pissed as Merrick Garland hey. gets because he's he's a quiet guy. Oh no, like he, they they've said it on the yeah on uh, the people that know him. They're like, "Oh, he was so angry. He was so angry." That he looked a little pissed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys want to see a, an impersonation I've been working on? Sure. Is it ready? Merrick Garland? Right. No, 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 no. I'm I'm Jonathan Frakes. Excellent. Wow, dude. I don't I know. I know. It's like you were completely thought I was really him. Am I too young? No. It, it's <laughs> I'm it's uh, I'm still I'm still working on my uh Selena Gomez. And and I'll debut it soon. <sighs> you did already, didn't you? Um, that's that was a work in progress. Oh, you, that, you were workshopping Are it? you still I'm, finalizing I'm it? I'm still workshopping it. I well, I got to watch a few more episodes of Selena and Chef. 
and uh, only murders in the building, and I'll have it down soon. Dang. Well, okay, yeah. maybe I'll try to work on my Miley Cyrus. So, so oh. here, here's the difference between me and Carrie. He's workshopping um, uh, an impression, and I decided at 50 just to workshop my whole fucking life. Boom. Do it. <laughs> All uh, right. Some people would call that a midlife crisis, Shannon. Oh, no, some, man. I'm, some. I'm, I'm not way, all. I'm way past. I'm way past that. I'm like, this no, is I, like, I actually have it on good authority. A, You're going to live to 104, bud. No, this, you guys, is, this is an end of life crisis. I have um, some really um, fun trivia for the day. Do you want to hear it? Please. Yeah. Edward Cullen and Bella Swan got married on this day, August 13th. But they're that's, not. That's real. the twilight, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> happy anniversary to them. Well, you know, good for them. So, very happy. For strangely them. related news. The mm. other night, I went to the Twilight concert series because I'm sick and tired of these vampires fucking up our town. And uh, what music I, they were the vampires playing? Uh, well, I couldn't see any vampires. I, but the, I get it. I get it. There's I get gl- it. glitter everywhere. Place it's was fucking the, lousy with vamps. It's the, the twi- it's the Twilight yeah, yeah, concert yeah. series. Yeah. See what oh, he hey. did. <laughs> I'll do that joke as Jonathan Frakes. Hold on. No, there. He's Jonathan Frakes. All right. Well, the big story, though. The big story that everyone... <laughs> Which one? This week was so news It's heavy. never. It's just... Oh, no. Also, um, we, we, uh, we sent Jay and Tony to, uh, oh, yes. to Southern Florida to take care of some business. <laughs> yes. They'll be back now, next week. <laughs> We sent them to their parents' house because they, they're in trouble. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're on assignment this week. Um, the big geek news that happened this week that everyone is just, they're buzzing about, they're excited about, they're really, it's something that they've wanted forever. They're just going around in circles. You know, they've been begging for it and they're finally going to get it. And that's the live action Pac-Man movie. It's... Um, oh my fucking God. Yeah, very excited um, about this. Uh, <laughs> so so often, Carrie opens opens the show with, here's the big news of the well, week, that, something everyone's talking about, and it's shit that, I've never even heard of. Rebecca, that's the bit. Is <laughs> this it? Is, yeah. This is in the Hollywood Reporter. Hollywood Reporter Classic Arcade Game. Let me make you familiar with it. Classic Arcade Game from Bandai Namco Entertainment, known for Galaga and Tekken, in addition to Pac-Man, has a feature film in the work with Wayfarer Studios. That's so stupid. For those of you who don't know, the game, which follows the perpetually hungry, perpetually maze-running Pac-Man as he gobbles pellets and turns his colorful enemies into ghosts, could easily be a horror film or an action film, but we don't know. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. I've actually, uh, I've read some of the, uh, uh, um, the script, mm-hmm. um, and they're staying really faithful to the character. Well, that's good. Uh, because like uh, the part I read, it was, um, it's Pac-Man, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he goes, waka, 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 waka. My name's Pac-Man and I'm starved. <laughs> Well, I was hoping for a dark, edgy Pac-Man, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, um, I want a brooding Pac-Man. <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme where he, uh, the, 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 where the ghosts run into the Pac-Man, and then he starts folding out, but it's like, he, he's they made him look more real, and all of a sudden, like his guts start coming out and stuff. And the ghost is like, "Oh my god!" I hope they do that. I, I do have the theme uh, music that they've been working on. I think this is uh, Danny Elfman. There you go. It's pretty good. Um, 
Me. That's your dark pack man, Chuck Williams, uh, Light Beams Entertainment. Uh, this is the guy who did Sonic the Hedgehog. <clears throat> oh well. Oh, so we're gonna have successful. to bully them to put different teeth on Pac-Man. Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they maybe they could get like Muse or somebody to um, remake ZZ Top's uh, Pac-Man Fever. Oh, it was not ZZ Top, Ooh. sir. That oh, that was... was a fake ZZ Top. No, it was, uh, uh, look it up, Pac-Man Fever song. It's, it's, it, I gotta look it, it was, it was a couple of DJs, I think, probably. Yeah, but it's the people, what Pac sounded Man like this? I just, I just remember <laughs> listening to that on uh, Buckner <laughs> Rock 103 and in like 1981. Yeah, Buckner and Garcia. They were, they were morning radio DJs, once again, making me proud to be in the same industry. Do you think, I wonder uh, if, if we played that. Do you think we'd get a, one of those yes. stings? Yes, yes, we would. Even the Pac-Man song? Yes. Sure. All right, we we, we uh, got hit with a barely heard haunted mansion song. Oh, I'm not true. taking any chances. Yeah, we we'll probably get nicked for that Pac-Man thing. No, no, uh, no, no, because that that's actually a public domain. Oh, uh, oh it does. Johann Johann Sebastian Bach wrote that. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, no, the big uh, the big news is is all about Prey this week. What a movie! Yeah, uh, go. Yeah, not I that. Mean, not I'm getting to that part. But Whoa, uh, did you give me more prey news than that? Oh, I, I thought I did. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all about Billy from Billy from Predator is what you all said. Right. I left it out. <laughs> uh, it's it's all about prey because over the August fifth through seventh weekend, um, they Hulu has said that this is the biggest thing that they have ever had on Hulu, like yeah. in the history of their Hulu. Yeah. Uh, number one premiere uh, that includes like, wow, film, we... TV series. It has. More streamed hours than anything else that they and, have. And that's from a channel like that. that's only been playing Family Guy for 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Well, but the thing is, I think people were surprised that it was good and then told all their friends. They'd like, be like, did you watch Prey? Well, what's that? I it's was a, just it's surprised. It's a prequel to Predator. Well, it's I thought good. as, a, as a sequel to Eat, Pray, Love, I didn't expect it to be so wonderful. No, it was great. Uh, now, this uh, movie was always destined for streaming, um, and uh, they, it went straight to Hulu, and it could have easily have gone to theaters and done extremely well there. Well, because if it had gone to theaters, they would have cast Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. <laughs> But here's the, you know, go to that next picture. Here's the story. This is the story that I love because Dan Trachtenberg, the director, uh, he said that um, the reason, this is the reason that this movie Prey exists. He says, I was in the third grade when Predator came out. I was not allowed to see R-rated movies. So then I found myself in the back of a carpool on the way to a karate tournament with all the sixth graders who had just seen Predator. And they spent, the, they spent the entire ride telling me about the entire movie. And I vividly remember that they said that there was a scene where Billy, right there, the Native American tracker, stood on a bridge over a waterfall and fought the Predator. But when I eventually saw the movie, that scene was not in it. The beginning of it was, but then it cuts away. So the seed was planted in my head, and then I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to have a movie that focuses on that story? And Prey isn't exactly that, but that's what it became. It's mm. spiritually that. Yeah, I, I think they should just go full on in on this concept and just show us, uh, okay, here's some ninjas versus a predator. Here's, <laughs> some, here's a samurai. Here's a cowboy. You know what I mean? Like... Or a clown who wants to go to a bar bathroom. Yeah, you've got yeah, Doctor Who, but Predator. Yeah. Doctor Who, but Predator. 
<laughs> but that was a Mandela effect kind of thing that happened for him. It's a, he was convinced that it was going to be there. All right. Uh, so, yes, if you haven't watched Prey, tell your friends that it's excellent. Tell your moms. Um, it's, uh, and it is on Hulu. All right. Um, so let's get to this Ezra Miller stuff. Let's start with, <laughs> let's start with this. Oh, so trans, th- good job. We're going from predator to predator. Go yes. Uh, now here's the list that was released of the DC movies and shows that are still happening. Okay, because we got all those big cancellations last time. Hey, you like season two of Sandman? Because that's what you're getting. <laughs> well, you probably will because it's huge. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. That, that doesn't count. Uh, DC shows, TV shows. Okay, James Gunn is the shortest peacemaker. Season okay. two coming. Uh, Harley Quinn, which we're getting. Believe it or not, the Green Lantern series. I wish Tony was here. Uh, the Green Lantern <laughs> series. We always he's, do Green Lantern stories when he's gone. It's, I know, you know right? what? It's true. It's true. Uh, so that Green Lantern series is going forward. As expensive as it is, it's going forward. Uh, the uh, Titans continues. Oh, uh, really? Do- yeah. Doom Patrol continues. Really? Yes. Yeah. I thought they were fucked. I thought they were completely screwed. No, they're going to continue. So they do, and they it's such too, a weird little show. What? But mm-hmm. they do too well. They do really, really well for them. It does well. Yeah. Uh, that Penguin spinoff, Hot Penguin, that Rebecca wanted. Yes. Uh, it's continuing. Hot Penguin! And now here's the other news that, that came out. Uh, season three of Pennyworth is coming. Oh, what? I... Oh my God, the marketing. But it, is, And it's on HBO Max. You can watch it on HBO Max now. But the third season, they're changing the title of the show so you know what it is. Now, everybody's laughing at this, but I think it's actually a good idea. It's Pennyworth, the origins of Batman's butler. I mean... Wait, you hold just, on. Yeah. You just say Pennyworth to me. I don't know what the fuck. But yeah. But also, that's a little <laughs> on the nose, isn't it? You know, yes. Interestingly it just kind of sucks. It just kind of sucks that they have now three seasons of a show about a guy who's a, who's his own person. He's got his own stuff going on. But also, never forget, everything's about Batman. Everything. <laughs> you know, Pennyworth was back in my TV critic days my top live show or not live show but a uh, live action show of oh you 2019. liked 19 i loved the first season i thought it was really good because oh, it's all... not it's not the regular dc universe it's like a dark side universe where people mm-hmm. are in gibbets and i mean like, it's it's pretty disturbing and i kind of i kind of dig it i just i wish i could have been on the wall like in the room for that conversation where they're like this thing's been on for three years Maybe we should, we should tell people what the fuck it's about. <laughs> now, as far as movies, uh, these DC movies are still happening. You're getting your Black Adam on the 21st of October. You're getting your, Shaz- <laughs> they your Shaz- didn't cancel it. They didn't week. cancel it. <laughs> your Shazam Fury of the Gods, December 21st. Your Aquaman Lost Kingdom, March 17th. You're getting your Blue Beetle on August 18th, uh, 2023. You're getting your Joker 2 on October 4th, 2024. They are apparently going forward with a Black Canary movie. <laughs> I'm sure. And the Bla- and the Batman sequel. Now the Flash, June twenty third, twenty twenty three. Oh, the problem, child. I, I heard an idea. A friend of mine posited this idea to me that because he heard it. It's a rumor, so you know, rumor does what rumor does. But the reason they haven't even just totally shelved the Flash movie yet is it's actually testing really, really well. Yeah. Yes, that's the problem that they're having. Uh, they're well, they're. Go ahead. Why, why should they shelf? I mean, just like, you know, okay. Obviously, never make a movie with this 
insane man again, right? But it's made. He's been paid. They. Yeah. But, but the WB also did reshoots and stuff while Ezra was on the lamb. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, is I, WB not being going to be held accountable yeah. for harboring a fugitive? Now, now, when I read you this stuff that I've got here about the Flash movie, I want you to think about Batgirl. And then I want you to think about Prey. All right. I think about that two-minute footage from the Batgirl movie that got leaked wept, over the weekend. I openly it was wept amazing. in my office. It was so good. I haven't seen that. It's it was so good. Really? You get to see yep. Brendan Fritt. You get to Firefly doing Firefly shit. You get flamethrowers the size of buildings. He's got flamethrowers strapped to the back of a fire truck, and she's chasing him on a motorcycle. And I she's had... interrogating a guy and hanging him out a window. Okay, good. well then, like I said, when you re when you hear about this Flash shit, I yep. want you to think about Batgirl, and then I want you to think about Prey. Anyway. Um, here are the three choices that they're dealing with because of all of the stuff with Ezra Miller. First, Warners has received indications that Miller, whose mother has accompanied the actor in recent days, will seek professional help after returning home to their farm in Vermont after being away. If that help happens, Miller... He got kicked out of Hawaii. They could... Miller could uh, give an interview at some point explaining their erratic behavior over the past few years. The actor could then do a limited press for The Flash and the movie would open in cinemas as planned. That's one. Second scenario is even if Miller doesn't reach out for help, Warners could still release the film, but don't expect Miller to play a prominent role in the marketing and publicity, obviously. Nor would Miller be The Flash going forward as the role would be recast. There's that. Now the third case... If things continue down this path that, that he is, and I've got the story here, uh, the situation with Miller deteriorating, this would see Warner's killing the movie outright, as it could not be reshot with a different actor. Miller plays multiple characters and is in almost every scene. That's a two hundred million dollar film. <laughs> Holy That's shit! That's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> now. Wow. Here, on Monday, he was, well, a week or so ago, was charged with felony burglary. Uh, and uh, Rolling Stone reported that Vermont's Child Services Department is attempting to locate a mother and three children who have allegedly been residing at, at Miller's farm in the state. Um, yeah, and they just had, like, loose bullets everywhere, and the baby had a bullet in its mouth. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the news stories was that they just, uh, they're, oh, the, when I guess like they roll up to the farm and the baby is there, but the baby just has like a, a bullet in its mouth, like it's teething. So with all of the problems with this Flash film. There's only one problem with it. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I want WB's you to. is also part of the problem. I want you to think about Batgirl and I want you to think about Prey because. Yeah. They made Prey for streaming because they didn't have faith in it. Mm -hmm. They said, here, here's a little bit of money. Do it. Whatever you want. Whatever you want to do. And they made it, and it was good. You guys have seen stuff from Batgirl, and the stuff you've seen is good. I mean, throw yeah, Batgirl, throw yeah. Batgirl in there. Release yeah. it. Release it yeah. on because HBO they, Max, like you were planning to do. Because it's you finished, know? right? Pretty much. They finished yeah. shooting, yeah. They just need to yeah. do the editing and, and whatever Special else, effects but. and things like that. Um, and there's, like, Carrie and, and Shannon, too, both of you, look up this footage. Like, there are murals of the Michael oh, Keaton Batman it. in Gotham. Oh, and my God. The, it's... It, it really shows the the amount of effort, <clears throat> excuse me, that actually went in. I mean, this is with every movie that's ever made ever. 
But this, to me, really highlighted just how much effort they put into building this world of Gotham. Well, like, it, they, there's magazines on the shelves that are just Gotham-based like magazines. Yeah, and it feels like if Tim Burton's Gotham got grungy. Well, it was filmed in Scotland. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, and, yeah. And, and I, like, I've, like, it was an anonymous, uh, you know, statement. Leaker. A, a leaker. A leaker. Uh, and they were just like, they're like, we are just so sad that nobody's going to get to see this because we put a, a lot of people put a lot of work into this. And we thought it was great, you know. So. I, they just need to just put it together and release it on HBO Max and let the chips fall. I, I, I just think that. I really do. All I, right. I feel like I read somewhere, and Daddy Action Lawyer Mike can correct me, uh, <laughs> but I had read somewhere that like because of how like the the things behind the scenes have gone they like legally cannot release it or something like that really oh. i don't know daddy action lawyer can chime uh, in with he can accurate. chime in and let us know and maybe you he know. will after these messages we'll be right back and now a message about the geek show patreon from geek show patreon <laughs> Ta-da! Uh, there's money, a please. money, please. Uh, it's it's uh, it's geekshowgotthiscovered.com. That's the link. If you're not already a Patreon member, that's where you go. It's because most of you can't spell Patreon. Uh, geekshowgotthiscovered.com will take you right there. It's only three fifty, three fifty a month, and with that, you get all kinds of secret stuff that you don't get here on this free podcast. You get deep dives into shows where we go spoilery. We say we, we don't spoil stuff on the uh, podcast too often, but we go spoilery yeah. in, the, in the deep dives on your favorite movies and TV shows. Uh, we've got all kinds of special programming that happens there. You two want to talk about that? Yeah, Tony and I, we do our kids' table reviews where we um, typically review uh, recently whatever Arby's has. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, been a big Arby's <laughs> year. <laughs> Um, but our little fan base of food perverts loves. We know you're out there. <laughs> we know you're out there. They love watching us eat food uh, on mic. Candy, yeah. Mountain Dew, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever kind of new, weird, kitschy, geek related. Sometimes, sometimes not food that comes out that yeah. uh, might be interesting. There's uh, Jay will occasionally do some stuff in there on his own. I know uh, Lee will do some painting of uh, miniatures and things like that sometimes. And the Adventures of Mr. B are in there as well. Uh, AMAs. So, Carrie does AMA from time yep. to time. Oh, we Lee, haven't done AMAs does, in a long time. We should probably do some AMAs. Let's Lee do an does, AMA. Lee does his Star Wars AMA. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's that's where you want to go to ask him anything about Star Wars. Uh, also, uh, we have a Discord channel that is for our Patreons exclusively. And uh, that's, that's a lot of fun, too. It's a fun community space. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. fans, we... You know, fans of Geek Show, we have Geek Show in common, but we also have a lot of other interests in common. Um, there's a sports channel in there. If you like sports, there's TV spoiler, TV spoiler free channels. We got all kinds of yeah. stuff. Uh, conspiracy like, theories. There's like <laughs> got 30 those. different channels in there. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a channel for everything. And it's filled with uh, good people like yourself. So uh, go on in there. It's, it's a reasonably safe space to be. It's as safe as you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's as safe so, as you let it be. <laughs> so go to go to our uh, Patreon. Geekshowgotthiscovered.com is the link that'll take you right there. Tree fitty a month. Well worth every penny. And thank you. And what? we're back. And our, our, of course, Daddy Action Lawyer has said, I'd never correct Hat Rebecca. Perfect. Right. Hat Rebecca, getting into law. 
I'm the lawyer now. <laughs> Is that a look, car- are you wearing a me. Carly Rae Je- Jepsen hat? Hell yeah, yeah. brother. She's look awesome. She's look incredible. I am the lawyer. Queen mother. Now. All right. Uh, well, here's some uh, news. <laughs> uh, you're going to pay more for your Disney bundle. Damn it. <laughs> Aww, right after I paid enough. too much for and right after I paid too much for this muffler. <laughs> Jokes for some, and I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Disney is launching an ad-supported version of Disney Plus in the U.S. in December. Do you know what's crazy? Is the ads are just going to be for other stuff on Disney Plus. Right. <laughs> Probably. Uh, beginning December 8th, Disney Plus with ads will cost $7.99 a month, which is the same price that you currently are paying without ads. Uh, as a result, the premium ad-free version of Disney Plus will cost $10.99 a That's month. That's great. Or I'm fine with that. It's still cheaper than Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Or $109.99 a year, uh, representing the $3 monthly increase. Put me in, Coach. Uh, I'm ready. Hulu oh. will also see price hikes for both its ad-supported and ad-free tier beginning October 10th. Uh, let's see. And, so and then there's... pay more to watch American Dad. Yes. And hey, uh, <laughs> Rebecca Wood, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, that's a truthful statement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here's, but here's the other news: is that Disney Plus added 14.4 million subscribers during the third fiscal quarter, for a total of 152.1 million, beating well, everybody's analysts, you know, Wall Street expectations. That's just uh, the free market, baby. You get more yeah. subscribers, you need to raise your prices. So Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, Disney now has 221 million total subscribers, surpassing Netflix uh, at 220.7 million subscribers as of July. So they're bigger than Netflix. This is an extremely strategic thing that they are doing, because right as they're bringing back Daredevil, they know exactly what they're doing. Yep. Yep. Oh, and I was reading. I was reading. Speaking of Daredevil, I was reading an article with the uh, the uh, uh, main writer uh, behind She-Hulk, uh, who wrote the Pickle Rick episode. You remember? Uh, so she knows her comedy, and she was talking about how much playing with you know the audience She-Hulk will do. How much you know breaking the fourth wall She-Hulk will do. She says, "I'm also excited to uh, to lighten Daredevil up a little bit." Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> I saw. I saw so a. Uh, uh, they released a clip the other day or something of mm-hmm. the car crash that think I think kicks this whole thing off, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. show, I think, is going to be a lot funnier than we're anticipating. It, it well, looks that's a that's lot what, funnier than I think I'm expecting. At least. Well, no, that's what she was saying is that this is Marvel's first full-on comedy. This is a comedy, make no mistake. Which makes more sense why they would cast Tatiana Maslany. And I know I've said this before, and I'll say it a thousand more times, but she started in improv, so she's a really good comedic actress. And so I think this is going to be... But she played like a hundred distinctive characters on Black Mm -hmm. or uh, Orphan Black. Well, what I love about that scene that you're talking about, Rebecca, because I did watch that, um, the scene starts with her and regular Bruce driving. Mm -hmm. And his arms in a cast, too. And his arms in a cast. Or in a sling, whatever. And it's just, they're just talking and they're having the conversations that we had about, about, about Captain Cap. America being a virgin. And I just, <laughs> I just sat back and I went, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It was even better because it was work gossip for Bruce. It was. Yeah. Bruce is like, she kept I've, saved, I've saved the world with this guy. I don't want to think about it. 
and then I just love how they're like they tease this too. It's like, hey, look, his helmet's gold. Oh, with the Daredevil. Yeah. I didn't see his helmet. I saw his wrists, and they had some. I, I've seen a picture of the helmet, and it's gold. It's yeah, it's gold. So they're going with that classic yellow mm-hmm. Daredevil going look. More gold yeah. than red. Hmm. Well. I don't know how I feel about it, honestly, Carrie. Because I, I think it's, I don't know. I think the original design's terrible. I I've always felt that the yellow Daredevil costume was terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because doing like, comedy. <laughs> but yeah, but if you're doing also, comedy. They're also leaning into, and I think this kind of started with Eternal, not so much Eternals, but like maybe Love and Thunder. We're leaning more into embracing the comics' original co- costumes. Mm-hmm. Like they're it, silly, but maybe we lean uh, into that. Uh, I feel like it. a lot of the design elements, uh, going back even to Ragnarok, where they were doing so much of the Jack, Jack Kirby style art in the backgrounds and everything. I think you're absolutely right. I think they're going okay. Let's mm-hmm. let's embrace the color and the ridiculousness of the costumes and have some fun with that. Black but, Bolt gets a tuning fork. But yeah, but oh. back to the uh, lightening up Daredevil. I I I have to agree with her because I've been rewatching. I'm always rewatching Daredevil. Carrie is to Daredevil as I am to American Dad. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That is correct. Carrie is, uh, is to Daredevil and Rebecca is to American Dad as I am to the first five episodes of Firefly. <laughs> oh my God! What? <laughs> I. Whenever, whenever I'm feeling tired and I can't sleep, I put on Firefly because I'm like, if I'm gonna be up all night, I'm just gonna watch a good show. And then I last about that's four and a half, le- five episodes. That's a big letter, Kenny, man. Like I've yeah. seen almost. Yeah, but like, but anyway, so Daredevil, yeah, he spends an awful lot of time brooding, and uh, we'll talk about that again in Sandman when we talk about Sandman coming up. But that's another story. Um, okay, now this, I know I'm the only one still watching Walking Dead. All right. <laughs> I, you're not. Right. I was talking to a guy at work about this yesterday. And he's still watching, and so I was okay. like, "Okay, what about this character? What about Carrie, this character?" Carrie. So they're, so they're, make, they're they're making it for two people now. That's cool. Carrie, <laughs> I was I was in my 30s when I stopped watching Walking Dead. <laughs> All right, but. Now, the, the anthology series is coming out. I'm seeing some of that, and I'm interested in that because it's not a continuing story. It's just yeah, a one-off. Every episode. And I might check that out depending, like, who's in it. And some of them are apparently pretty funny. Uh, So, you know, again, lightening up your characters. But this, I'm kind of grappling with. Uh, (laughs) Walking Dead's ever-expanding TV universe head honcho Scott Gimple has revealed, this is in io9, that the uh, upcoming (laughs) spinoff series starring Norman Reedus takes place in France. How? (laughs) <laughs> They're sending him to France. They're sending him to France. Oh, uh, we wow. you watch up, uh, Monsieur Monsieur Daryl, the snails, they eat the brains travel, here. How do you travel across the Atlantic? I don't see. You just drive. You go up to Alaska. He hops on his motorcycle and he goes. And he just jumps the Bering Strait, yeah. drives through. Yeah, like the fawns. Yeah. yeah. So when, when I read this story earlier <laughs> this week, I just went. I was. I was like, how. How? <laughs> well, here's here's what Gimple said. Daryl is a fish out of water to start with. If Daryl finds oh, himself so swam there, maybe if Daryl finds himself <laughs> with new fish. with new people, he's a fish out of water. In France, in a country that's going through the apocalypse, it's an entirely different thing. He finds himself having <laughs> to reinvent himself again, having to find himself again, and also not being with probably the only people in the world that he's been comfortable with. Hmm. But, but, why? I, like but, that the, I like that the premise of this is other countries are different. 
how are people going to adapt? How is the world's most charming Appalachian going to get along in Paris? It's like, why won't won't any of these zombies eat me? (laughs) Well, because they think you appear greasy. Monsieur, they, monsieur, they are more refined pirates here in France. <laughs> well, now this explains a lot, though. I mean, because maybe this is why Melissa McBride, who was going to, it was going to be the Carol and Daryl show. She didn't want to. <laughs> she, she didn't want. That's move. what I want, and I want it to be a variety show. Yes, <laughs> the Carol I'm and Daryl Power Hour. She's Daryl. Oh wait. <laughs> I'm a little bit country. I'm a little I'm bit psychopathic. Little bit country. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit tormented by the death of my child. <laughs> and I'm a little bit racist. But she. That's, that's like my brother. Shooting, do you like yeah. shooting kids by moonlight? Uh, but this explains. I mean, she didn't want to relocate to Europe for the filming, so that explains everything. But also, um, she's okay. like, she's like, why and how? Exactly. Wait a second. This does not sound like the variety hour I was pitched. So this is Walking Dead European vacation. So yeah. if they made it like Eurotrip, where Daryl was escorting his his jailbait sister across the continent, <laughs> maybe it, maybe it, maybe it starts off with him like losing a really fucked up bet. <laughs> nope. You go to France. No, that's it. Nope. You go to France. You dumb son of a bitch. You said if he lost the election that you'd move. <laughs> well, get out. Well, get out. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe he finds the General Lee in a field, and he's like, I can jump He all jumps the, way the ocean. To Europe. Yeah. Because, I don't know, Carrie Jackson used to write a comic strip about the Duke boys jumping the ocean. Dukes of Hazard <laughs> Comics. <laughs> they would they jump just, anything. And they did. And they did. All right. Well, that, here was, we go. The, that was that whole cartoon. Do you remember the Saturday morning cartoon? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> was them jumping everything. Yeah. All right. Now let's uh, move on to this. Uh, Jason Momoa is not taking responsibility for Conan the Barbarian. He oh, should. No, it's it a good movie. He was oh. Conan. No, here's here's he, what he, he said. He, he's got to take some responsibility. <laughs> no, he's not taking any. <laughs> uh, he said in British GQ that a project can be enjoyable to shoot and still end up not being well-liked due to problems in post-production. Here's what he said. <laughs> I've, been, I've been a part is of a... To, is he trying to Snyder cut Conan the Barbarian? Maybe, I don't know. I'd be first in line. I've Best been movie a part, of 2009. I've been a part of a lot of things that really sucked and movies <laughs> where it's out of your hands, Momoa said. Uh, Conan was one of them. It's one of the best experiences I've had, and it was taken over and turned into a big pile of shit. Aww. Um, he wants the co- look, Wait, who directed look, this? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm gonna be completely honest. It is the second best Conan the Barbarian movie. Uh, also, Lee, this is a 2011 movie. I know. I just wanted it to be earlier. <laughs> when I Marcus, still had hopes. Marcus on. Nispel, give us the Nispel cut. <laughs> <laughs> here's what. Uh, Here's what uh, Hollywood Reporter uh, critic uh, Kurt Honeycutt wrote at the time. There is no purpose to the film other than random blood splattering amid scenes of bondage, primitive savagery, and S&M eroticism. The film is numbing and dumb, with its hero indistinguishable from its villains. <laughs> no, you know he's the hero. He's got those panther marks. And Ron Perlman was his daddy in the beginning. Do you guys want to hear some fun trivia about Marcus Nispel? Sure. <laughs> he has directed... 
uh, quite a few horror movies, like the 2009 Friday the 13th, 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, yeah. as well as a ton of music videos, including Spice Girls, B-52s, Mariah Carey, Gloria Estefan, Brian Adams, Cher, uh, No oh. Doubt, Elton John. He's got done quite a you few know, music videos. No, I'm serious. I've I've watched this movie a couple times. It's dumb sword and sorcery. <laughs> it's stupid as fuck, but it is highly enjoyable. And you uh, know what? If you want to see somebody who's like at the pinnacle of human sh- uh, human uh, musculature, it's it's great. It's not it's not high art. Go into your Lee movies. No one is. Jason Momoa confirmed. I do. I do. I, I there's a lot. There's a lot great. of there's a lot of really interesting looking people to watch. Now, my friend Rebecca Frost said the other day. Sometimes. <laughs> You should just enjoy something mm-hmm. because it's enjoyable. Yeah, and like that's you should just this enjoy movie. everything. I, yeah, no, it's free. It's free to enjoy everything. Yep. I I just yep. I I just love that Momo is like, okay, look, I know I was the main character. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I was in the whole movie, the whole thing. I, I that was me, but not my fault that it sucked. Not my all. fault. I had I'm no part in that. I'm curious to know what other movies Jason Momoa thinks he did that sucked. Oh, I should have read the article more thoroughly. I stayed on I the mean, Conan stuff. Come on, there's <laughs> there's a reason why he didn't have any dialogue in the first season of Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just it's just you know, Sword and Sorcery doesn't get much love, and so like when Wheel of Time hit last year, I was so excited because Sword and Sorcery stuff and it's cool and it's a little different. And then Conan the Barbarian, it's like this is this is the dumbest shit out there, and it's so much fun when it's done right. And yeah, the CGI was kind of splotchy, and you know, but, but it sword, was sword such source- dumb fun. Sword and sorcery movies should be kind of fucking. Let's stupid. go back and watch you know? what was what was uh, uh, um, Beastmaster, one Beast of the dumbest Master. movies ever made. I watched oh, that movie a hundred times. But uh, Beastmaster Two's better. <laughs> and then what was the one? What was the one with the guy that had the sword that could fire the different blades? The sword and the sorcerer, I think, was the name. And mm. I and then uh, there's oh, come all come on, crawl, crawl. Crawl with the glaive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is all just cheesy shit, and it's so much fun. Just. Just have yourself a little Chianti and let it wash over you. Well, maybe like I'll a big watch it. cheesy Was blanket. Was it streaming anywhere? Oh, it's probably free. You go down to Corner State in Maine, and I'll give it to you. Oh, it's on HBO Max. There you for go. now. I might have to watch it. I've never seen it either. Okay, so now th- th- this leads to my next item and question pretty mm. well. Mm. Uh, Peter Jackson interviewed recently <laughs> uh, about the Lord of the Rings. He said, <laughs> "When we did the." Made him. When we did the Lord of the Rings movies, I always felt I was the unlucky person who never got to see them as coming out of the blue film. Oh. By the time they were screening, I was immersed in it for five or six years. It was such a loss for me not to be able to see them like everyone else. I actually did seriously consider going to some hypnotherapy guy to hypnotize me to make me forget about the films and the work that I had done so I could sit and enjoy them as a newbie. I didn't follow through with it. I don't think that's how hypnotism works, Peter. But I did talk to you. Anyway, he goes on. So that is my question for you. What geek thing would you erase from your memory so you could experience it again for the first time? Oh, baby. You're going to hate my answer. (laughs) I I have a couple. I have a couple. Oh, I know. I know. What? Uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. See, seeing that movie. for the first time was so much fun. Yeah, it was probably Endgame too. Like any of those, like 
legendary, especially mm-hmm. recently, like legendary franchise moments. But Last Jedi, it took my breath away. I, I remember, remember saying, in, "Oh, I remember it, saying, oh shit!" Like out loud a couple of times. I remember being in a theater when Luke shows up to face Kylo Ren, and the whole theater just gasped, and it was like, "Yeah." My it's, favorite it's was so good. was when they do the Holdo maneuver, and mm-hmm. the the she does it, and the sound disappears and the 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 air is just sucked out of the room and then also the moment in the red room where ray and kylo team up yep i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it you guys like it's so good it is a great movie that's a good answer rebecca all right thank you try to talk it bitches yeah well i won't but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, lee i i want to re-experience um all of star trek all, all of it from the beginning. All of it, all of it because that's I, a time commitment, bro. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care because I mean I've always loved Star Trek. I've always had this, this passionate, burning love of Star Trek. But um, over the last six months, I've been rediscovering things and going back to going back to '66. It's it's that's a good answer. It's pure and golden. And I'm realizing that the stuff that I loved about it in the, in, in my twenties, I always wanted the action Star Trek. I always wanted, you know, first contact. I always wanted the battle of Wolf three, five, nine. That's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I love about Star Trek now in my old, in my dotage. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, uh, Shannon. I think for me, it would be, um, anything Richard Donner, uh, Superman. You, you know what's funny, Shannon, is that Sue said yesterday, I think on Saturday night we should rewatch the original Superman movie. <gasps> I'd say, um, Jack. I know, right? No, no, no. Hey, Jim, that's I'll a bad Jim. outfit. That's Woo! what he says. Jack, yeah. Jim, same name, <laughs> whatever. Um, I, you know, Carrie, it, mm? I, I, you know, I watch them like once a year. And yeah. uh, um, they hold up. They're great. It's just a great film. Uh, and I just love, like, you don't even know, like, really what time period it's in kind of and stuff. So um, <laughs> if uh, if you've never seen, have you seen the Donner Cut? Uh, um, no, I, okay. I need to. You haven't seen I, the Donner Cut? Okay. No. I'm telling you right now. Carrie, you should, fix your life. You should I know, watch, right? You should watch Superman the movie and then find the Donner Cut. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on HBO Max. You're talking I'll Superman 2, right? Um, yeah, no, d- yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I, I actually, th- I actually think Donner's original, like the original Superman, is it, kind of a flawless movie. It's yeah. when you get to Star Trek or uh, Super- so, <laughs> yeah. Superman Two, where you know, let's well, fix it all with cellophane. You well, have no, to so, rent. You have to rent the Donner. Well, I, I've, it's worth it because what happened? Yeah. People that don't know is like they filmed. Uh, well, Donner filmed uh superman one and two back to back and um and then they were like it needs to be more funnier mm-hmm. uh, the, so they fired him and had some other hack come in just saying mm. warner brothers has been fucking up the dc yeah, license yeah, yeah, for exactly. decades like and they so i love superman too but there's some definitely stupid shit in it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what they did the daughter cut is like Donner goes, well, let's get rid of all this bullshit. And oh, I happen to still have some of this stuff. And it's a different movie. Mm-hmm. Super uh, Clark Kent never uh, stumbles into a goddamn fire in Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I'm so predictable because Endless Night Videos in the chat room said, yes, it would be Star Trek The Motion Picture. <laughs> I would go back and watch Star Trek The Motion Picture again, and I would revel in all six minutes of that scene. I still want to see Phase 2, Carrie. It would be interesting, wouldn't it? What's well, I mean, two? we've Phase 2 is in after Star Wars came out, and CBS said to Gene Roddenberry, hey, you know, Star Wars kind of had its success because a lot of Trekkies came and saw it and the new generation of people loving sci-fi. And they said, okay, so we're going to give you a shit ton of money. We want you to bring Star Trek back. And so they wrote an entire script for the first season. And Star Trek The Motion Picture is in large part that first episode, first couple of episodes. But when the writer's strike for the happened during the first season of Next Generation, a lot of what is kind of funky and weird about Next Gen in its first season is them having to use scripts that they had already written in the 70s because they didn't have anything. So mm -hmm. it's like, it would be so, you know, Troy, uh, Riker, that's, those characters exist in the motion picture. Um, they just have different names. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kyle Christensen in the chat, uh, throwing up for me too. This would be later life one though, but Pulp Fiction, I'll, I'll never forget being like, Oh yeah. You know, like, um, I, I we were, I, I think I, the three, I think three of the four people on this, screen were saw that movie together for the first time i saw it with that sorority girl that oh, I, was going out with. I remember jeff and i seeing uh inglorious bastards together yeah and Inglourious we bastards is a fun one i would want that would be one i would want to see for the first time again because there's a moment when they get hitler i remember being in the theater going oh my god we got him and then I, <laughs> I remember, oh, this is this is fiction. Well, yeah. and for me, for me, it's the opening scene where, uh, you know, the, the, oh, the Nazi's so there and he, he's asking for a glass of milk. I just oh, that's well, that so whole yeah. that whole scene is yeah, just so scary. It's just like you're just yeah. sitting there like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, <laughs> God. I would, I would also really, really, really like to see the theatrical cut of Blade Runner for the first time again. Yeah, so, I was 13 when I saw that and it was very. Very similar to the story we heard earlier about not being able to see, you know, see it because you were too young. Um, I was the only kid my age who saw Blade Runner when it came out. Because oh, really, went to, well, yeah, I was thirteen, and my parents were cool, so they took me to see it, and I loved it. And so all the other thirteen-year-olds are like, "Tell me about this movie," and like, "It's got mm. robots." Mm. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's something to think about. After these messages, messages. we'll be right, right. back. back. <laughs> Come along, R2. Don't be so silly. You can't possibly be getting whooping cough. Droids don't get diseases like whooping cough or measles or polio. But children do. If a young child gets whooping cough, it can lead to pneumonia, brain damage, even death. All you need is a little rewiring, but children need to be fully immunized. And alas, so many are not. All right, R2, I'll ask them. Parents of Earth, are your children fully immunized against childhood diseases? Call your doctor or local health department and find out. Immunize your children, please. And may the force be with you. Send for the Parent's Guide to Childhood Immunization. It's yours free. Write Immunization, Pueblo, Colorado, 81009. And we're back. Okay, let's uh, get to... What y'all consumed this week? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Rebecca. 
Okay, I consumed a couple of things. Um, after recording last week, we talked about it earlier, but I, I watched Prey, and I was absolutely astounded. I loved it so much that when my husband came back into town the next day, I said, hey, we're, we should watch this movie again. Wow. And I, I would watch it. I, and that's a bit because I don't watch movies more than once unless they're really, really, really good. And Prey was really, really, really good. So highly recommend Prey. I've also been retweeting a bunch of articles about the dog in Prey, which, spoiler <laughs> alert, the dog does not die because millennials are making movies now and we know better. And <laughs> the dog was rescued specifically for the movie yeah. and is not movie trained. Her name is Coco and Amber Midthunder described her as a bit of a hot mess on set. And I love that. <laughs> I love that very much. Um, and then... Uh, I also watched the Woodstock 99 docuseries on Netflix. Oh, I did, oh, I I did watched, too. I watched the trailer for that last night. I watched I, that as well. I watched it like this. Yeah. Because it, it, with my hands well, covering my face, because it was so intense. And how could anybody do this? <laughs> let me let me ask you this question, though, Rebecca, because this was the back and forth that Sue and I were having while we were watching it. Who are we blaming? Corporate greed or bros? It's a combination of the two. Exactly. Because corporate <laughs> yeah. corporate greed. Because corp, the, the guy says it very early on in the first episode. Like the minute they decided that this was going to be a money-making event, it took all the wind out of the Woodstock sales and made it not Woodstock. And then the guy also mentions, hey, your lineup attracts a certain kind of crowd. Uh -huh. oh. And they just went ahead and did it anyway. Mm -hmm. what? What year was this? It was it 1999. 1999, yeah. 1999. So, like, and I, I was like, wait, who's playing this thing? And uh, I remember watching it unfold on on MTV, and I'm just like, oh dear. Oh, that's some of the that's some of the best parts of this show is yeah. the is the MTV coverage because they're just they, like because they interview Christ. some of the VJs <laughs> and ah, like literally, I it's it, it ah, Shannon, you should watch it today. It's just like well, three hours of your life. I watched Super that Firefest thing a couple years ago, and it feels like a very similar train It's wreck. worse than Firefest, oh, Lee. No, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. ten times. Ten hundred times. Because they actually went through with it. They didn't go through oh, with Firefest. Right. They yeah, actually went they... through. They powered they pow day one. Like, if they had canceled Woodstock <laughs> after day one, I think it would have been a success. Like, kind yeah. of a success story. They could have said, but, okay. <laughs> but because they decided to keep going all the way through Sunday... Yeah. absolute insanity it's like well we've got the prodigy here we got to get them on yeah, you yeah. Know? and then it, it was kind of fun listening to like <laughs> fat boy slim describe his time there is like it was really fun the crowd i didn't know it was because he fat boy slim had no idea what was happening outside the rave hangar and he was so this, fucking in heaven and mm -hmm. so this crowd comes in he's like yeah this is a really energetic and excited crowd and then he's like it was fun and then it started to not be fun, and then it wow. started to be really scary. See, and that's the thing is, I want to I want to hear all the interviews because it was like, oh, it's it's it's, people, a, because it's a watch. fascinating. It was ah, like I kind of want to watch it again, but <laughs> it ah, but like and like Jewel going. I remember sitting there and feeling like this is a crowd that could turn at any moment. Because she's there on day three when yeah. everybody is dehydrated, <laughs> exhausted, and. 
There's the covered Albert- in shit, essentially. <laughs> if, if only there had been another concert similar to this that maybe happened 30 years ago that maybe had the same name that they could have learned some lessons it's from. It's a whole thing. No, it's a whole that's, thing. That's it's the part whole of, point. It's part oh, of the it? story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the original all- Woodstock was a fucking nightmare. That's all part of the story. It's okay. all, yeah. I, it's, I know what I'm watching this weekend. Yeah. Oh, oh it's, it's so good. I, it's really good. I'll have to watch it tomorrow, but that's it's definitely on the list. Yeah, um, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, and then the last thing I consumed that I want to talk about is I went to a Tim Heidecker comedy show on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. So I ha- uh, had never really experienced Tim Heidecker's comedy outside of Adult Swim stuff. <laughs> uh, so his tour that he's doing right now, it's on YouTube. It's called the Tim Heidecker No More Bullshit Tour. Um, now, is, he, in- is he the uh, the puffy one or the not-so-puffy one? Well, he's, he's not puffy anymore. He's the short one from Tim and Eric. Okay. The blonde one without yeah. the beard. Um, and so it, the first half of the show is his No More Bullshit tour where he comes out. He's got his hair slicked back. He's got a leather jacket on, jeans, tennis shoes. So he looks like a, a late 90s, early 2000s comic. And he comes out and tells jokes about, like, my wife sucks and just that, like, it's, it's, standard. A, it's a character. Yeah. It's a and I And it's essentially just a, like a one man parody show. Uh, because I also was there for the Q&A beforehand, and he's a, an exceptionally just chill guy, like mm-hmm. chill and humble and sincere. And so I was like, wow, this is exa- this is like whiplash. I, I had no idea what I was expecting. And then the second half of his show was Tim Heidecker and his very good band. And I didn't know he had a band. I didn't know he played music. And the music that they play is stuff you would hear on like KRCL. And it's like heavily <laughs> inspired by like Neil Young and that yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, it was so good. I felt like I was 15 discovering the Garden State soundtrack again. Like it was <laughs> extremely my kind of music. And I was like, wow, I need like a couple of days to process this show because. I really liked everything I just saw. So <laughs> Tim Heidecker's No More Bullshit series or special is on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. But his music, too, I highly recommend. Well, there you go. Uh, Lee or Shannon, who wants to go? I can go. Go. Um, so uh, there's there's something I want to play for you folks real quick because this basically sums up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flirt with disaster here. Let's see if it works. So um, this... Right here is exactly what kicked off my new love, refound love. You probably can't hear the audio, can you? No, I know the scene that you're going to play, though. Yeah, so... Yes, I I reference this scene at least once a month. (laughs) Yeah, so the the quote is, uh, there's one thing for sure... Uh, well, here's one thing you can be sure of, Mister. Leave any bigotry on in your quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. So, if you've been wondering how long Star Trek's been woke, I can say at least since 1966. Yes. So, and with that, I took your advice. I finally went back after finishing the first season of uh-huh. Strange New Worlds. Uh-huh. Went back uh-huh. and watched this episode where you actually see the parallels that they so wonderfully balance between those two episodes it's so fantastic dude the, and the same sac- like the same weird lighting yeah and stuff and the, like the sacrifice that the that the romulan makes at the end of that episode yeah. is so breathtaking you're, you're talking just, uh balance of terror from the original series and the season finale of strange new worlds yeah it's just breathtaking and just just having how star trek does alternate timelines because obviously pike making that decision that he made in this episode causes a almost like a Kelvin incident, right? Where you have a different timeline. 
but it's just it's so good it's so well acted i love how that episode ends it's just like where where star trek is all about optimism and hope and and that knowing full well we're going to go through some horrible shit to get to that that it's that it might be okay the other thing i watched this week is like the exact polar opposite and that is the boys i'm, mm. I'm on uh the sixth episode of season three <laughs> i've been watching a lot Ooh. of boys and uh, that okay? show is, I, I just finished Herogasm. And um, <laughs> I would have to say that show's gore budget is oh breathtaking. Very and good at reminding you that you're a bag of meat sauce. Exploding well, meat sauce. And yeah. see A-Train drag Blue Falcon or Blue Hawk oh. or whatever down the mm. road. Oh, mm. shit. Like I, people that... Uh, that worked on that episode said they were kind of, they, they all left kind of traumatized. Well, and the <laughs> the um, the the uh, disclosure at the beginning is kind of amazing. Like it's like, yes, everything in this was consensual. Yes, it's all ridiculous. If anything, even if you hate it, just remember we spent a shit ton of money on disgusting ourselves. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's uh, I, I it, it is an interesting thing because on the one hand, like you have this hope and vibrant optimism of Star Trek, and then on the other hand, you have the whole human beings are just shit and the only difference between human beings being shit and being horrible shit is superpowers right because mm-hmm. billy billy butcher is pretty shitty right so then mm-hmm. you give him temporary v and he's shitty with heat rays absolute so, power corrupts um, absolutely yeah so between those two that's why that's what brought on the great uh x-men catch-up of the uh, 21st <laughs> century because I, I needed a, a palate cleanser Oh, good so, choice. Yeah. All right. Shannon. Uh, I'm sad to report I'm, I'm uh, down about a fake $1.1 million uh, from game shows. So oh, no. <laughs> you, know, you, you win some, you lose some. Um, I have actually been kind of busy. That's weird because for somebody who doesn't have a job. Um, so I haven't watched a lot, but I watched something last night. Uh, I watched that Day Shift uh Oh, the vampire just, hunting movie? Okay. So it's Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Soup's Dogs. The Good Franco. What's the Good Franco's name? Dave. Bobber. Dave. It's like if they would have, like, if, yeah, he's like all the good parts of a Franco. Uh, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they're vampire hunters. And it's set in modern day uh, Los Angeles. And Is it a movie? It's a movie, and uh, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, "God damn, these fight scenes are amazing, right?" And I'm like, so I kind of went down a rabbit hole, and I'm like, "What is the deal with this show?" So I'm like, "Okay, who directed it?" And it's like, "J.J. Uh, Perry." I'm like, "Who?" And then I read it costs a hundred million dollars to make. Wow. Snoop yeah, Dogg doesn't come cheap. It's a hundred dollar, uh, uh, hundred million dollar movie. And I'm like, well, obviously this J.J. Perry's had to direct a bunch of other stuff, right? Nope. This is it. Really? Really? Yeah, but J.J. Perry is, um, he has been, uh, he, he is a stunt coordinator and a fight coordinator, John Wick. Um, oh, well, he's, he's all like the, an, the guys that directed John Wick were the stunt guys from Matrix. Right. So it's like. If you go through the, down this rabbit hole, you're like, oh, my God, this has got everybody in it. Uh, it's <laughs> so great. Um, just like somebody, uh, Jamie Foxx, uh, his name is Bud. 
uh, and he's a, uh, a vampire, and it's funny. Dave Frank, he's in trouble with the union, so he ends up with Dave Franco. But anyway, um, just at the time, uh, Snoop Dogg is hilarious in it. His name is Big Jim something. Wait, for some reason, he dresses like a cowboy. Yeah, why not? And he, uh, he has this really cool weapon named uh, Big Bertha. Uh, but my two favorite characters that show up are uh, Steve Howie from uh, uh, Shameless. He was uh, Kevin. Was that the big dumb bartender's name? And uh, Never watched Shameless. I can't I, help you. And another guy named Scott Adkins as Vampire Hunters. I don't know. Great set, great set pieces. Um, dumb, uh, but just wonderful. And uh, what's it I, on? It's on uh, Netflix. It's Netflix. Netflix. And a great soundtrack. Uh, I never knew I needed to see a bunch of vampires being murdered uh, to the beginning of the Body Count album from by Ice T. <laughs> Remember that song? Body Count Born with the Body, body Count. count. Yeah, bought a count in the house, motherfucker, and they're just killing zombies. <laughs> it's just fake. and a great use of some Wu Tang. Um, oh, good. And I will say it's also a love letter to the Lost Boys. That's um, that's that's the reason that you loved it so much. Well, yeah, it, it's, it, you'll see why at the end. Especially, I was like, this really kind of reminds me of a spiritual successor. Does Kiefer show Lost up? Lost Boys. No. Michael! 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 Let me in the house, Michael! Uh, let's see. Uh, just a reminder, Resident Alien is back. So be watching that. It's It was a wonderful first episode. Uh, here's what I consumed this week. Two series. First of all, I finished Sandman on Yay. Netflix. And? Oh, God. It's... it's it's brilliant. I mean, it's just, it's so well done. And I think, and, you know, you guys, I didn't read the comic, I'll be honest with you. I did. But from everything I'm understanding, this is a damn faithful adaptation. Well, what's wild about it, I say the same thing I say about Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies, is that where it takes its liberties, it's taken in the spirit of the original. Well, um, well because I, you got Neil Gaiman, he's like in charge of it. So he... Right. I actually, yeah. I, I heard an interview with him, and... Um, he was like, the lady was like, why has it taken 30 years to make this? He goes, because I've been trying to stop it from being made for 30 years. <laughs> there have been, there right? have been, poorly, there have yeah. been studios yeah. that have had the rights to oh. this for decades. And... Uh, he, he told me his favorite bad version of it was it opened with the lines of, uh, it was uh, Morpheus, right? And he's like, do you think your, your, your mortal weapons can hurt me? <laughs> Morpheus? The king of the dreamers, when, the sand run. When yeah. you get when you get the episode with um, with Joanna Constantine, and it's just done, even though you know it's not John Constantine, and you're just like, oh my god, it's John Constantine. But they did so well with it, well, and yeah, it's it's good. It's so episodes. Good. Uh, he t he talked about uh, episodes five and six, mm. and that's the diner, and uh, I'm not that far. And then yet. the next one, okay. Well, first of all, David Thewlis, man. Oh, my God. David Thewlis. Oh, but he's so fantastic in it. Yeah. But what he said is, so that, that episode in the diner, uh, they built that diner. Hmm. They uh, uh, it rehearsed it like a play and shot it like a play. 
Nice. Well, that's, and, that's what I was going to say. It's just uh, all one encapsulated thing. It's yep. it's terrific. Yep. And then he's like, and then episode six, every sing, almost every single line is lifted directly from the comic book. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, yeah. with Death, right? That's uh, where, mm-hmm. where Death shows up. And, and she's yeah. she was amazing. And yep. everybody in this in this show oh. is so good. Um, when Cain and Abel came trundling out, Cain and Abel are characters from House of Mystery and House of Suspense, old 60s comics. And I also so, heard they're in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the whole thing is that they, I, I loved them in the comic and seeing them not only looking like they looked in the comic, but acting like they acted in the comic and having the whole thing with Gregory the Gargoyle. And yeah, it's just it's it's great. Yeah. I, had a couple of the, I had to take a break. I think I had to stop at the end of episode five because mm. uh, it's a the, lot to take in. Well, because th- Thula th- th- said something to me that really just like hit me. And I'm like, I wish I could remember what it is, but um, <laughs> and it, it, oh God, it, and it's beautiful. Oh, it, 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 the whole thing, the whole yeah. thing is just terrific. Uh, so enjoy Sandman. Get get in there and watch it. Ten episodes, and then the other thing that I've been watching, I was telling Lee about before we started, is an Apple Plus docu series called 1971, and That's what it when is, I was born. it is the intersection of politics and music in that one year. And That's how, when it all started to go downhill? No. <laughs> Just in that awesome. one year, how music and politics intertwined. And so much, I was amazed at the amount of great music that came out of just that one year. Uh, and then all of the shit that happened in America in that one year. For uh, example? Well, there's I, an, I, there's, I, came, I came here. There's an entire episode that deals with uh, Angela Davis and the Black Panthers. Just one episode. Uh, and, and the music around that. Uh, it, it's just amazing. Uh, and I'm learning shit that I, I mean, I was aware of, but I didn't really know in history. I mean, I was aware of what Attica was. I'd heard about it. But they have actual footage of Attica going down in the prison riot there. It's just, just astounding, the stuff. Uh, and, and amazing music. Yeah, my there mom was, a, there was, was about... Well, there was a whole episode. Uh, God, this is terrible because I, I, I'm going to forget all these things. They will do deep dives into, like, one album in an episode. An album that influenced so many people, you know, uh, it, just go and watch it. It's on Apple Plus. If you have the Apple Plus, it's called 1971. Uh, you're you're it's uh, it's you're going to learn a lot about music and you're going to learn a lot about American history. Uh, believe, it'll trick you into learning. Oh, I hate. <laughs> Dang that. it! That's the only way I can learn anything is if people trick me into learning things. Uh, so I used to be in that business. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. I got uh, video games if you want them. You do? Oh, good. Yeah. Do you have a fake one? No, I am, I'm not Tony. I couldn't be that awesome if I tried. Come on. So, all right, out this week, Backpack Hero. Backpack Hero. Blossom Tales 2, the Minotaur Prince. I mean, if that was a fake game, you would think it was a fake game, but it's real. Roller Drome is coming out on the 16th. Tribes of Midgard on the 16th. Way of the Hunter, August 16th. A game called Catizens, which I'm just assuming off the top of my head is a game where you play a cat citizen. So, um, and then the Ascent Cyber Heist. It's a DLC package coming out on the 18th. And uh, the game of the year, the game that I will probably play for a million years, is a game called Cursed to Golf, which will be out on all major platforms. So make sure you don't miss out on that, friends. 
All right, Mr. B, if you would, please. I just, you guys, I, I'm feeling like the ham has reached, like, the end of its, like, story. Like, you guys get any ideas how we could shake it up, maybe? Like, continue the story of the ham? Like, maybe we could, um, let's just send him to France. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Not edgy enough. What else you got? 